Hello and welcome to Fairy Unfiltered. Today I have an amazing guest. I have the lovely Natalie Valenti. Hello. Hello. Nice Hello. to see you. I'm uh, very honoured that you're coming on this just before a wee conversation when I says, oh, like, and you were like, oh, I've been asked to go on podcast before and I've said no and I'm now here. I know. This is, I'm like. I know. I need to keep practising what I preach, which is just say yes and do it scared because I yes. say it to people all the time. Uh-huh. Um, but I do feel really comfortable with you. Oh, that's so nice. That's, See, yeah. Well, I, absolutely, we were saying just before we were starting, like I felt very comfortable with you when I went to the hot yoga because yep. it took a lot for me to go to that. And I was a bit like, because oh, I knew it would be really good for Laura. And I was like, right, I'll go for Laura. And when I went, and then we did the breathing, and then we did the cold water therapy, and I was like, and I lasted a lot longer in that bath than I thought, because <laughs> I was like, this is horrendous, I first went <laughs> in it. So obviously, Natalie, you are a yoga master. Uh, well, I like to call you a yoga Thank master. Thank you, I'll And take it. Um, <laughs> you are an expert in what I feel, you're fantastic at what you do Thank with you. the cold water therapy. So today, like I was saying earlier on, we were very comfortable when I was talking to you in your studio, and some things you say to me made me really think you'd be a fantastic guest in the podcast. So, as we said, we'll go with the flow of this whole chat. Sure. But why don't we say even dive into the beginnings? Like, how did you, why did you even want to start yoga? So, uh, all of my life, from, well, from when about the age of 10 to about 16, I always had a terrible pain in my neck. Right. Don't know why. Didn't know why at the time. My parents really thought it was like growing pains or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it would really only flare up kind of twice a year to the point where I would have to go into school, no joke, with a little avid Marian neck brace on. Oh, no way. How embarrassing. So it, we thought it was a trapped nerve. My parents thought it was growing pains. We didn't really know what it was. Anyway, I got through to my adult life and I thought to myself, I can't cope with this, you know, trying to have a job and then having to be off work because I can't move. Mm. So I went and got myself uh, an x-ray. I paid for an x-ray at a chiropractor. I didn't want to be adjusted. No. I just wanted to see what my body was like. And as soon as the guy did the x-ray, he was like, you've got scoliosis. Oh, wow. So I didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. So it's actually, it can be very, very extreme. Mm -hmm. Um, For anyone that doesn't know what scoliosis is, it's basically if you were to look at, if I was to look at you straight up and down as a skeleton, your spine would be straight up and down. Yes. Mine goes in the shape of an S, so scoliosis, which means that I'm slightly off alignment, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And that can cause extreme pain because these muscles are, you know, making up for these ones. Uh Um, So obviously looking into different things at that age, I didn't want to go down the route of doing what I was doing, which was taking every painkiller known to man, which is what the doctor was giving me from the age of 16. Diazepam. Whoa. I know. Some strong shit there. I I know. At that age, I was just like out of the the game. And I thought that was normal. Right. As I got older, I thought I need to try and fix this. Mm. Um, And one of my doctors said, why don't you try yoga? And I went. I went with my mum. My mum is a big yogi. She's done it for years and years and years. And I I hated it, to be honest with you, when I first started. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, oh, this is so boring. How boring. I'm paying this woman to just lie here. Now I know it's the best thing in the whole wide world. Yes. To be able to do that. But what it did was it helped me to manage that pain. So I experimented with it for a few years with... 
as you do when you know if you're going to the gym i wonder if i could just go a few times and then never go again mm-hmm. wonder if my body would be the same it doesn't work that way so i had moments of total clarity no pain and then i would stop doing my daily practice and i would be in pain straight away right, okay so i kind of was forced into it mm-hmm that was my life. I was forced into doing yoga and I'm so grateful because I think everyone should be forced into doing yoga at some point. It's amazing how things happen for a reason and yeah. you know, so when you talk about daily practice, do you, do you actually do yoga every day? Every day. I have to do it every day. So it's very different to what it was then mm-hmm. and in my 20s, my 30s now, I'm in my 40s. My daily practice is maybe 10 minutes. Okay. But I know the moves to do to mobilise my spine and my neck. Yes. That's it. So I'd be crazy not to do it. I've, I've been incorporating a lot of yoga into my warm-up drills in yeah. the gym. Um, be it my own personal, when training myself, training clients, training in, like even a group training session. Mm-hmm. I've been finding that that's what I've been doing. It's, it's so good. It's amazing. What would you say is your favourite yoga move? <gasps> my favourite yoga pose? No one's mm. ever asked me that. I know. My lord, probably child's pose. By the way, that is by that. I'd be quite enjoy that. that I actually do that this morning with the sessions. Me too. Eh? That was my pose this morning. I just literally head down. I love it because it brings me into the present moment. So mm-hmm. that is my yoga practice now is being here rather than trying to look any particular way. Yeah. But I still get those movements in from my neck and my shoulders. So you did yoga and you practiced. Now, we've just obviously found it as we're walking in the, the, from the car park here that you used to work in the same gym as I did. Yes. Um, so did you, like, what you were saying was the same as me. I used to just basically, what class you want me to take? That's fine, I'll take it. <laughs> and I just did it with all the council gyms and I just did it. So is that how, did when obviously you were going to yoga with your mum, you started doing it, you started practicing it. You went away, you did your qualification. And then was it just a case of just gradually building from there? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, for the first couple of years of practicing yoga, from the age of about 16 to 18, I was there for my mum. Mm-hmm. She wanted someone to go with, and I was kind of the next in line to be there with yes. her. Um, I never really noticed the true power of the benefits of yoga until two years later when I became a single mum age 19 right. with two babies. So you can imagine life, that was not my plan. Right. Um, but that's the direction that it went in. And I realised suddenly at that point when I had to then give birth and look after babies by myself, how agile I was, how strong mm-hmm. I was, how I was able to get some sleep and wake up feeling rested. Yes. Um, so that was what made me really think, I need to share this with people. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it straight away. Obviously, I was busy being a single mum and being 19 and having two babies. Yes. So I didn't actually do my qualification into t- till 2009. Right, okay. Um, in between, I studied fashion, I had different jobs in that, but I was always looking for some sort of balance. Go and tell me one of your funniest jobs. Go and tell me one, no even funny, go and tell me one of the jobs you're just like, oh. One of my jobs that I did back in the day. Back in the day? Oh, like promotional things. I did all the promotional stuff, like just ridiculously I had to be painted gold once right. and stand in the window of Buddha bar on their opening night I mean no <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> yeah it was interesting driving home with the gold I gold hope you face. had uh, some sea couples and stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do enjoy people's old jobs that they used to do I've had some I think I've done hundreds of jobs yeah. I mean but Look to be like, I always now I look at things and sometimes you go, Oh, I can't believe I've done that. But go to where you were. It's experience. Experience, you're learning from it. And if you've got, well, I mean, 
if you ever wants to be painted gold again, you can at least say, that's it. I know how to do that. <laughs> I mean, so that's the thing. So you've done that. So you qualified then. And so you were constantly practicing it. And we were talking. So did you start really the breathing and the cold water therapy? Was that during lockdown then? Yeah. yeah. How, so it's, how it's, did still a, it's still a new thing. Well, how did lockdown hit you with yoga? Like, how did you how did you feel with that? Well, obviously, I lost my job. Right. You know, straight away. Of course, a lot of people taught online. I had to do that as yes. well. I had no other choice. I don't enjoy teaching online. Mm-hmm. You don't get the same connection. No. You don't get the same feedback. There's not the energy that you have in a yoga class mm-hmm. that inspires you as a teacher to say what you're going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, years ago, when I was working for North Lanarkshire Leisure and doing mm-hmm. all of that, I would have had a class plan. Mm-hmm. So I knew what I was going to say, whereas now I go with the flow of the room. I have to wait and see how people feel. Yes. Sometimes people come in and I can see that they're exhausted. Mm-hmm. So for me to do a really strong class with them is just really selfish. Yes. Um, so I had to go online, obviously, and teach yoga. I loved it, though. I loved the fact that it gave me time back for myself. Mm-hmm. That was what I really loved about it, was to get up in the morning and just set the scene for my own day yes. is just absolutely magical. And that's what I really preach now is get up early and do something for yourself before you speak to anybody else in your house, mm-hmm. never mind anyone else in the world. So you are almost, I feel like when I do my breath work and my cold water, which I have done this morning, it's like a, it's like a suit of armour. Mm-hmm. It's like a magical force field. Yeah. That life is still happening around me, of course. You know, life's hard. It's going to yeah. keep coming at you. But I feel as if over the couple of years, like being consistent with the breath and the cold water, I feel as if it just bounces off me. I think it's brilliant. Mm. It's, um, I mean, it's as extreme as yours, because I get a wee bath thing like yours. But even just the cold showers mm. I do every day, every time I go for a shower. And I, I remember that the other week, I've been doing it for... I would say at least two years now, yeah. just doing the, the cold showers at the end of my shower. I just run it on yeah. and I just and I go for it. And I make sure, because I remember talking to you and you were like, your shoulders, when I was going in a bath, that'll be like the bit you go, <gasps> get them in, get them in. Get them in. And now I always make sure, like, I'll spin around and I'll just soak my shoulders and I make sure like, I feel the cold. But knowing that I don't do it, I'll, I'll quite happily do it. See if I start getting dried, I'll be like, oh shit, get, get back, back in. in. And then I let you say it's just like that. Yeah. But it's the same with me, like my training. I'm the same with my training. Like this morning, I was like, like a lot on it. I'm going to do the podcast, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I, you've got enough time to train. And that's yeah. like I set the treadmill up. I had sprints, I had a bar. And I went, don't overcomplicate it. Totally. And just do that. Just making it non negotiable, I think. Yes. But it's non negotiable for yourself, mm-hmm. which I think is huge. And there's times where I overcommit myself still, mm-hmm. get excited about things and like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And if I don't have that time in the morning for myself, the anxiety's back. I can mm-hmm. feel it starting to rise up in my chest again. It's a horrible, horrible feeling. Yes. Um, and actually, the the impact that COVID and lockdown and all of that had on me was that's the first time that I ever experienced anxiety. Right, okay. Or that I could kind of call it that obviously I've had it in my life I was a single mum yes two babies obviously I've had anxiety before but back then nobody really spoke about it it wasn't a word that you heard Mm -hmm. so when I realized that actually that's what it was um I had to make it non-negotiable for me 
So it's a really about putting yourself first, which some people, well, a lot of people struggle with. Mm-hmm. Parents struggle with putting themselves first. How can I do that when I've got a baby in the morning and I've got school run? I've got to do all of that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So it's making the time to go to bed earlier. Yeah. Set your alarm, your alarm earlier. And I tell you, when it went off this morning, I would have loved to have just pulled the covers over my head. And just have been cosy. But I know that it sets my day off in a spiral rather than being feeling as if you're in control. I completely agree with you. I, like you say, it's making that time for yourself. That that alarm, getting up, like sleeping in, sleeping in, then what's happening, you're chasing your tail. Scary. You have to get the kids to school. The kids are then flustered. Then the kids get upset when they're going to school and nursery because you're rushing them. Totally. They feel rushed and then they've so got that. you're putting your energy onto them and then they put their energy into the kids at school and then they act up and... It's a massive ripple effect. It is. And I love what you're saying because I feel with a routine, you're better. Like you've got that You've got that set of sex structure. Um, and getting some time for yourself is very important. Mm-hmm. Like I'll put my phone in airplane mode, just put my audio book in or a podcast that like we were talking. Yeah. And I go a walk. But from my house, there's like a wee nature walk and I disappear in there. One, because I know I can't get a phone signal. So even <laughs> if my airplane mode took off, I'd, end, I'd be like, I'm fine. And secondly, I'm just, there's just silence. Yeah. And if I don't want to listen to my, my music or my podcast, I just listen to it like it sounds like mm-hmm. naff. Like the birds chirping yeah. and the, the leaves blowing. And I just I just walk and I like walking in the rain. But that's my own negotiable. I just go my walk. And I, I think it's the best thing for it's you. It's keeping it simple, mm-hmm. as you've said. I've done this in the past before and done it with people that I've worked with clients making these really intense morning routines. And they've got like 10 things to tick off. It doesn't work. No. It'll work for one day. Yes. So th- keeping things as simple as possible. I think it's the best way. And like you're saying, like people from like our age group and that, you've got kids, you've got stuff like that. It becomes very overwhelming. It's the mm. easiest thing that can knock you off your routine. Do you know what I mean? So keeping it simpler, the better. Yeah. So you were during, during lockdown, like I was the same, like I had to go online as well. And it's not like, I was used to like boot camps for anywhere from like 25 to 50 people. Wow. And it's, then all of a sudden it's like, hi guys, who you? And you see everybody's yeah. living room and I'm in my dining room. Nobody says anything back. Everybody's silent. Everybody, <laughs> oh, their, their screens are off. And you're like, I used to say to them, see if your screen's off. I'm just assuming you're naked. Yeah. Right? And they'll be like, I'm not naked. And yeah. you'll be like, well, yeah, let's just put your screen on. Right? And they'll be like, someone will be like, trading their pyjamas. And sometimes what I would say was like, boom, bad routine. As yeah. you're literally funny about it. I says, put your, your gym leggings, your gym shorts and stuff like that. I says, just do not, you're not doing this in your pyjamas. No. I was like, no. I see. Put them at the end of your bed. Mm-hmm. So when you wake up in the morning, they're there. And that's actually what I do with my yoga mat. So my yoga mat lives at the side of my bed. It's kind of just looks like a rug. Because mm-hmm. if I step out of it in the morning and I'm on it, I'm in it. That's it. I'm in it. I like that. It's a really, really good tip. Even if you've got literally that 10 minutes that I did this morning, your first thing your feet touch are your yoga mat. You're in child's pose. You're grateful. Mm-hmm. You're saying thank you. I'm breathing. I'm setting the the scene for your day. Totally. And then you can get off and toddle about and do whatever. I like that, by the yeah. way. Because I'm just meeting. Steal that. I'm going to steal that because the girls have just got their bunk beds and they've got this wee spare room now. And I was like, put my desk in it. I'll put my yoga mat in it. Yeah. And I could do that. Which Ooh. sounds lovely, but actually, if you step out and you're on it, mm-hmm. you've got no choice. Aye. I don't know if I've got that much room not enough, but I'll try. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, this is good. So you were doing, the, the, did, did you do your, could you keep doing your daily practices all the way through lockdown mm-hmm. as well? Keep your yeah. head safe. Yeah. And 
when did you were it doing more so in lockdown than oh, really? any other time. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I, the, during lockdown, I I liked the the thing I did enjoy about lockdown. I try to look at the positives of lockdown, and this was the thing I did. One, I bought more time back with my girls yeah. and my wife, and I loved that. Um, obviously, not seeing family and friends was very difficult. But things I did enjoy was I would do my class, I would do my sessions, and then. I would have my time, I'd do my admin and that and my, my routine, but I had I was all of a sudden buying back more time for me. Mm. And it made me realise certain things like I really need to look after myself mm. more, like meditations. Yeah. So we were talking about the like meditations. And I started looking at the whole Wim Hof, the whole breathing thing. Yeah. Is that is that when you started looking at yeah. it as well then? So yeah. one, tell me a wee bit more about that then. So people think that this has been, you know, people say, oh, you're the expert. And I'm like, I'm really not the expert. Mm. I am very much when I'm with people at Soulful Sunday or in the studio getting into the ice bath, I'm telling them I'm in it with you. Mm-hmm. I'm walking in beside you. Um, because it never, one, it never gets any easier. Mm-hmm. I don't think you ever become an expert at sitting mm-hmm. neck deep in ice. <laughs> Interesting. Different days are different, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you're a woman and you're on this 30-day cycle. Some days are great. The next day could be absolutely horrendous. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, that was really when I got into it and I needed it at that point. Right, okay. So if I take you back to lockdown, it was great, wasn't it, for the first two uh, weeks, you know. Barbecues. Uh-huh. Like As it turned out, we were on holiday the week before lockdown. We were in Lanzarote and I was saying to my husband then, why don't we just stay here? You know, everyone's buying pasta and toilet rolls at home. Why don't we just stay an extra week and let all that blow over? Mm. Thankfully, we didn't. We got the last flight out of Lanzarote, came home. My dad had lined up lots of toilet rolls and pastas at my door, which I was super grateful for. Um, and the first couple of weeks was a party. I know. You know, everyone, we just didn't have a clue what was going on. It was scary and there was things happening outside in the, the news. We know we just switched that off. It actually really made me feel, I think, from working so hard for years and years and years to have a switch off, I then felt as if I was, my vibration dropped or something. And I think it gave me time to then really think about, this is the problem, gave me time to think about my problems and my bills and all of these type of things, which I never normally do. Normally I'm just like, just keep going, just keep going. And there's that kind of phenomenon where people sometimes go on holiday once a year and as soon as they land on holiday, they become sick. They get the cold or the flu Mm -hmm. and it's because their body's switched off. So I think that's what happened to me. I did enjoy the first couple of weeks and then I started to have what I thought was a heart attack. Mm. And it went on for weeks and weeks and weeks to the point where my body was really, really coiling itself up a lot. I found that I was having tension in my fists everywhere. Right, okay. I didn't say to anybody because obviously everybody's panicking about life anyway. I thought, I don't want to add this uh-huh. onto it. You know, I'm, I'm having a heart attack. I'm just not going to tell anyone. And I know how to breathe. I'm a yoga teacher. I've done that forever. Uh-huh. But I couldn't catch a breath. Okay. So I would breathe in to about a third of my lungs. And I felt as if, this is how I explained it, as if there was an elastic band around my heart. I could only in and out like that. which of course is a panic breath. So what was happening to me over this course of about three weeks was a panic attack, which I knew nothing about. Eventually I said to my husband, look, I think I'm going to die. Right, okay. (laughs) You know, like genuinely, I was serious. I really, it was so physically 
debilitating and so physically painful that we phoned an ambulance. Wow. Yeah, which is, I'm quite embarrassed about now because I've never phoned an ambulance and it was a, clearly a waste of people's time. No, not at all. But they came, they were amazing, they hooked, stuck all these things on me and they, you know, they were like, you're, you've got the healthiest heart we've ever seen. Mm. And the guy was really cool about it, he just, he was like, you're panicking? And I was like, what? <laughs> what? What do you mean? And I'd really, I think, had compartmentalised in my mind that some people are panickers some people are, are anxious because you can't see that. That's an yes. anxious person. I'm not an anxious uh, person. No. You know, I see myself as being a confident person. So to suddenly have this stamp, I literally felt as if it was like branded mm. anxious and I hated it. I can see your point. So they, they didn't do anything, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, speak to your doctor. And I thought, oh, no, I'm not speaking to the doctor because they'll want me to have antidepressants and all of these things that I'm I'm just not going to go down that route. I know that they're great and some people absolutely mm-hmm. need them, but I thought I'm going to try and figure this out myself. Okay. So it went on and on and on, this feeling of constantly, oh, just couldn't breathe. And I came across Wim Hof, actually. It was on Netflix, believe it or mm-hmm. not. Yeah, I know you mean It's really it good. the Yes Theory. I think that was who it was by. It might have mm. even been on YouTube. And I hate being cold. I have to put that out there to people because people say, oh, you must love... I hate, <laughs> I hate being cold. I'm naturally a cold person. Aye. So I remember thinking, I'm going to die if I go in this water. But I really loved the concept of that documentary. Uh-huh. They were showing that it was like a, an intervention. And that was what I needed. I needed an intervention. I didn't need something that was going to be slow and steady. I needed to feel better because I was, I'm the mum. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be here for the rest of my family that are also stuck in the house. You want to support them and be the needed, strong figure. Yes. So I got myself online. I got this little tiny plastic blue tub. It's on my social media because I filmed it. Because I thought, I'm going to die here. I'm going to go out in style. Right. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, why not in a blue and, tub? And you know, Chris, see, at that time, I, it wasn't part of a journey. It wasn't part of a journey. No one was going to know about this. This mm-hmm. was me in my back garden in this bucket trying not to die. Mm-hmm. That was how extreme it felt. Um, and yeah, my first ice bath. <laughs> it was crazy. It took me about 20 minutes of looking at the water before I actually dared to move. Right, okay. I don't even think I breathed. Or when I look at the video, I'm like <gasps> hyperventilating. But what happened when I came out was pure relief my whole body and my whole mind and it's because in that water for about two seconds at that point I thought of absolutely nothing and that was the point where I thought oh my god I need to tell people about this Mm -hmm. so I then did the Wim Hof course okay I thought I need to learn I need to learn I need to learn I didn't want to become one of his Practitioners, I just wanted the information purely for myself. Yeah, totally. No. Um, and I did that thing again where, you know, if you could go to the gym once, maybe you're, su- maybe you're healed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. So I know now that there is no such thing as an anxious person or this or that. Anxiety will grab you at some point in your life. Definitely. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do, how successful you are, mm-hmm. how perfect your life may seem. Be ready for it. That's all I can say is be ready because when it comes, there are ways that you can manage it. 
I can totally relate to everything you're saying. And this is why I'm very grateful for sharing this part of it. We're no stopping, by the way. We're going to keep going. <laughs> but this is the thing that grabbed me when we were talking, is when you said the feelings and how you were feeling and going in that bath and doing that, is that, like, see when you said, like, phone an ambulance. We were ready to phone an ambulance, I remember, being in bed and hearing the doom, 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 doom. And I was like, what is that noise? And I was lying in bed, so I was just out of hospital, and I was like, what is that noise? And you know, it actually makes my heart hurt thinking about it. Oh. It makes it tight thinking about it. I just get dead. It's terrifying. Like, and people mm. are having this every day of their lives and going to work and not telling anybody, and they're just in this. It's terrifying. I think it's frightening because you look at the statistics, statistics, um, and it was like talking about these are obviously took from like an American poll, and it was talking about um, or American research, and it was seeing how the most common heart attacks happen on a Monday morning for men in America, yeah. and you're like, like you're saying, their heart must be just racing because I remember hearing my heart and going, sounds like a bloody train, yeah, and then like going in there and see that whole. Can I get a breath? Why why can't I breathe? Oh my god, why can't I breathe? And I remember actually having the house phone. I don't even use the bloody house phone. And I remember taking it to Laura and Laura said, You alright? And I'm like, phone me an ambulance. Yeah. And I was like, and she's like, oh my god, what did I do? What did I do? And it was into a point where I don't know why, but I phoned my friend and she's she talked me down. Wow. And she was like, she knew because I was convinced uh, that it was a physical thing. Mm. There was no way this was happening in my mind. Yeah. It was pain mm. physical so it's really took me on that wee journey of realizing i've known this all along that your everything's connected but until you feel it yourself and i'm so glad now that i felt it myself because i can now empathize with everybody else mm -hmm. you know people that have maybe said to me in the past and i'm sure it has happened someone somewhere in one of my crazy jobs would have said you know, I don't feel good today or I don't feel like myself. And I would have thought, oh, whatever, you know, just crack on. Exactly. You, know, <laughs> cheer up, you know, cheer up type thing. It's nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. It's nothing to do. You can't just snap out of it. Nope. I totally agree. And did you, so you, you had that moment, you did that ice bath. Did you just get up the next day and do it again? Yeah. And then you just kept going? I did going. it for the first week and then I thought, right, I must be fixed now. I don't have to put myself through this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You little ice bath are going in the bin. We'll Goodbye. Never have to see each other again. <laughs> that was what I really hoped. Um, and that's what I did. I experimented with it. I thought, oh, I'll try it now. And then I missed it for you for a few days. And then I would feel that <sighs> my, my breath changing. Um, what I found long term with it is that it has brought me down to a completely different level of everything in my life. Mm -hmm. In terms of stress management, and when you look into this, of course, the cold is a major stressor. Yes. You know, it's one of the most stressful things you could ever put yourself mm -hmm. through is to sit in ice and calm your mind. But what I've realized long term is that it does help you to manage the stress of life. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I completely agree. I was sitting in that bath out your back. Yeah. So people were like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? So Natalie has like, it's got the ice baths out her back. Yes. Yes, we do, she's got her yoga studio there. Just in case saying, what yeah. are you two so all that, about? That is actually, this is what happened in lockdown, right? So to finish off that story, and then had this ice bath and was doing all of these things. And then we got a little bit of freedom, didn't we, at yes. some point? I can't remember what the dates were, but it was some sort of freedom. People were able to do things again. And I said to my husband, look, I know we don't have any money left because he's a musician. I was a yoga teacher. There was no furlough. There was nothing. 
So we had spent all of our lives saving money to have this pot. I don't really know what for, what the pot was for. Lockdown took that pot yeah. anyway. Lockdown, <laughs> lockdown cleared out that pot. The last couple of thousand that I had, I said, listen, I've got this idea. I'm going to convert the garage, which is now where I work. Mm-hmm. So I've got like 10 steps to actually get to work. I don't have to go anywhere else, which is amazing. And I thought, if this helps a few people in my local area, I live in Airdrie, North Lanarkshire, I know there's people that are stressed out there. If they come, this would be amazing. And as it turned out, I I pretty much lived in that garage for about a year. And it was back-to-back people in, mostly men, Mm -hmm. didn't want to do a class. There was no classes in the studio at that time. It was just, get me in on my own. I need to come in. I need to breathe. And it was uh, honestly a life-changing experience to see people coming in because they would leave literally 10 years younger. I think it's fantastic the fact he says that a lot of men went because men are murder. Yeah. I know being again <laughs> um, that we're, we're just murder. We well, don't even talk. think about that first yoga class that you came to. Yeah. It's it, 99%, it's always women. Oh, I was the only guy in your class. Yeah, totally. That. There's and always one like, token oh. male, and I think, good for you, you know, for just going ahead and doing it. But it's not easy. No. I wouldn't want to go if it was all guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I just, it's just not what we do, is it? So. Yeah, is that a lot of it was mostly guys that I had in at that time that were doing one to one sessions. That's great. Yeah. That's and the fact that the that they're willing to do that mm-hmm. is like a massive step for yeah. what some of them as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mainly, I mean, we started a, a main only like gym session in our gym, and I mean, it started literally just after lockdown. Yeah. Get a couple of guys together, they'll train before maybe they take the kids to clubs. But a lot of them were like, "I'm really struggling," mm-hmm. and but they would say to me, and I'm like. We need to do something here, yeah. and I was like, but then I was finding my training was being affected. Mother coaches, they were males were being affected, and I was like, mm. and a couple of the coaches came in. Why don't we all just train this Saturday morning, at like quarter past seven? Yeah, and I was like, oh, for God's sake, quarter past seven. <laughs> but I was like, no, that's maybe quite a good idea. And we did that, and it's grown to like there's like fifty odd guys in this chat, and it's like, but it's just grown arms and legs to the point where you're like, but they all come down, they stay for a coffee after Amazing. it. But I get them doing like a lot of yoga poses. Yeah. And they say nothing. They just do it. And they're like, oh, my hips feel great, man. My lower back feels great. And my, by the way, that's called child's pose. And they're like, right, right. Do you know what I mean? But, so you're saying that, obviously, last few thousand spent, you converted the garage. And then it just, it just all just started growing from there then? Yeah, so I didn't really have a timeline on that. I didn't think this is where I'm going to work now and this is going to be this thing. It didn't have a name. It was the garage. Oh, <laughs> the one who's sucky Hall Street. Yeah, no, that, one. <laughs> that was many, many years ago. Um, it was the garage, yes. Yeah, so it was just people that I knew from my gym, basically, mm-hmm. where I was training at the time. And then they would tell their friends, so my pal from work wants to come. He's struggling, he's struggling, he's struggling. So I didn't really know a lot of the guys to start with when they started to come. Um, and then it was really when I just was so busy, I thought, I wonder if we could just call this something. Mm. You know, so we called it the breathing room, mm-hmm. um, and then we hold little small sessions and things like that as well. See, now I'm going to get now. How did you end up on the sea? Like, how did you end up here? <laughs> 
So the sea or the soulful Sunday, soulful Sundays, soulful yes. Sunday as we now call it, which I'm so proud of. Because oh, I love it. People know the name. Mm. People actually say soulful Sunday. The branding's very nice yeah. as well. I'm big in branding. I like your branding, yeah. the it's, colours, it's never happy. That. It's, it's happy. It's That's happy. That's the word. So that came about actually from my own personal need again. So this was February 2021. Again, we had that bit of freedom. We were allowed to drive somewhere. Um, myself and a couple of friends, there was only three of us at the time, hadn't seen each other. And we drove to Lust Beach, that's right. where we met. Um, and neither of them were, had been in the cold water or were particularly really into yoga. So I thought, I'm going to pack some yoga mats. And I said to them, bring your stuff, bring your swimming costumes. This is February. Mm. Um, and we'll see, we'll just see if we get into the water. And we did. I did a couple of movements, maybe about 10 minutes of yoga. And then I said let's get into the water, let's just do it. And we did, we got in for a couple of minutes, we came out. That really wasn't the main part of the day. The main part of the day for us was to catch up. We had snacks, we had tea and coffee and things, and we sat. It was a lovely day, and we sat and caught up for a couple of hours, right? Never thought about it again. Come the Wednesday, two of my friends messaged me saying, God, I feel good. Like, I've had a really good week this week. Nobody's really bothered me in work. Can we do that again on Sunday? And I was like, if you want, you know, why not? There's nothing else was really open. Let's do it. And as it turned out, by the next Sunday, there was 10 of us. So it was people that had said, my sister wants to come and my friend at work really needs to come. So there was 10 of us. I wasn't charging for it at that Mm -hmm. time. It was just a wee meet up. Again, I started to do everyone a bit of yoga a bit of breath work. Each week that we met up, I took it a stage further. So mm. I was kind of drip feeding them into looking into themselves mm. rather than just going with the flow of life and getting dragged along as we do. Yes. Could you have to go easy with your friends when you're into this type of stuff? As you know, they think you're completely insane. Aye. So I thought, we'll drip it in, we'll drip it in. And it would come to about the third week that one of my friends, we sat down at, outside the water at the end and she went, oh, what a soulful Sunday. Ah. And I was like, yes, yes, it was a soulful Sunday. And then I thought to myself, I'm going to put it out online. So the first one that we did, we had 20 people. Again, we didn't charge for it at that time, but we had about 50 people looking for tickets. So it was a free ticket, but I thought just 20. And then the next week I thought, I'm going to go for the 50. Mm-hmm. You know, and as it's my job and I need to make an income from it and I'm putting all of my effort mm-hmm. into it, I'm going to ticket it. I'm going yeah. to sell it as a ticket event and then we did that once a month and then people were literally saying can you not do it next week like what what am I going to do next week if I'm not here and I was thinking well I will if you want to come I'll do it and we've never missed a Sunday in nearly 18 months I think it's great. Like, see some of the weather you do, and like that one I went to you <laughs> with you I was like well this is wild <laughs> yes um but I just, I like, I just think it's great. Who cares? Exactly. You're getting wet anyway. Yeah. It's (laughs) amazing to see people arriving and they've got this look on their face as in, are are you insane? This woman, you know, a lot of people that are come, I don't know them. Mm -hmm. And they arrive thinking I've got a gazebo or heaters and they're like, (laughs) is this it? And I'm like, yeah, this is it. So you're either going to commit to just getting wet Mm -hmm. and windy and, and getting out of your comfort zone, which is the main thing. Or don't do it, just watch. And who yeah. would want to actually watch? Because it, the transformation within that hour is unbelievable. Uh, definitely. 
It's Easy. that going in the sea. I, I think going in the sea easier than the bath. Yes, it is. Is that like a common thing? Yeah. But when you're in there, the, the one with it was at Luss I was last at, yeah. and it was just like I was like, this is just great, and like people were like, oh my god, I'm cold in it, and everybody was like screaming, and you're like, they're going through their own emotions, and they don't know how. But for me, I had like such a stressful shit week. It was mm. just one of the weeks that I felt everything was happening to me. I I spent, <laughs> and then that night I went home and I actually slept. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. And it's like um, the one in the beach, is it the Burnt Island one? Mm-hmm. Like just sitting in the sea, you've got your incense. I, I love incense, by the way. See the gym, <laughs> we, we burn incense. People through boxing. Aye, it's so random. I love the smell of coffee. I know we were talking about caffeine and stuff. I love the smell of coffee. And um, But the, the incense, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. So that's just a camp. little ritual that I do before we actually start the yoga. Everyone arrives. Usually most people are really nervous, mm-hmm. you know, if they've never been before. Sit everybody down and then I go around and plant incense around the whole kind of circle or square that we're sitting in. Mainly for myself, right, okay. I have to say, because the lighting of that makes me breathe. Ah. So I'm blowing on it to fan the flames to make them bigger and that's my own little now I've never told anybody that but I like to do that part myself right. because it's then me saying right now we're ready so it's, right. it makes it a bit of a sacred space it, it, you know it's another sense you can mm. hear the sea you can feel the wind you can smell the incense so it's bringing you into the moment I love this I listen to Sound of Sea when I go to my bed I do, I do. Yeah. we've got a lot in common Natalie we just found this out all yeah, the I love it I uh, totally we went to the beach it was actually Burnt Island that's where I, re- I think I've got a lot of things with that and I really like it and when my friends came up from England I remember lying with the girls and they were sitting playing and then I started and I, was like, and I started falling asleep and my friend Helen's like did you just fall asleep didn't you and I was like Laura's like it's because he listens to the Sound of the Sea every night yeah. he must just send him yeah. to sleep I did Dead calming. So there we go. So it's just growing arms and legs. And it's now into this. I mean, you've got yeah. like different locations now. Mm. You've got different yoga teachers. Um, and like, how are you how are you feeling with that? Like, is a well, you did well, you did an event recently? Did you not the one at that festival? Yeah. So we get asked, and this is the amazing thing about opening up your classes to the world is you don't know who's going to come. Mm-hmm. So someone came who runs. Um, is it DF Concerts? Yes. So she deals with all of their events and was like, we would love to have you at Connect Festival. You'll have your own tent. This And I'm like, ah, yes. Yes. Let's yes. Do it. Get us there. So we took the ice baths to that as well. So I'm just going with the opportunities. It wasn't a business idea, which is what I love about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not that clever. I'm actually not that clever to sit and think of a business idea. I wish I was. This was completely organic. It's more of my baby than anything else. It pays my bills, which I'm super, super grateful mm-hmm. for. Like, can't believe it. But it is just, it's now it's opened up my eyes to so many other things. So rather than just having it at Lass and Aberdower, which is the only two that I can manage, because mm-hmm. I'm only one person, I then thought to myself, I wonder if we could grow this. So my plan, if you like, mm-hmm. is I would love to have it on every beach in the UK. That'd be amazing. Because we're the same as the people that are in Brighton. They're all struggling as well. Yes. We're the same as the people that are right up north. They're all struggling as well. I would imagine their beaches. <laughs> you would do a road trip to that, wouldn't can you? Can you imagine? So it's actually led into other things where we're now doing a teacher training course mm. as well. So we've got 20 girls on our teacher training course. They qualify as teachers next June. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that they then all have their own little turf. Mm. Not like a franchise, but they, they are... It's that's their baby, and we all help to build that together. 
That's very good. It's quite good, isn't it? That is good. I like that. I've never really said it out loud before other than in my own house. Mm-hmm. But why not? But you put it out to the universe yeah. now. That's the way I think of things. I think that's one of the most beautiful things about your job is and what you're doing with your business is, is growing organically mm-hmm. and it's not forced. No. I think when you try and force something, it becomes something that's it's not you. Yeah. Whereas this is you. It becomes a stress. Aye. And it, a lot of it is your experiences, so like, which is very relatable, and people buy people at the end yeah. of the day. Do you know what I mean? So totally. they're going to buy into like what you're doing and seeing what you're doing and hearing your story. Yeah, which I'm very grateful for you I for know. coming on here. This which I'm grateful nice. for the opportunity actually because it's pushing me to say things that I wouldn't normally say. We, mm-hmm. I am the same as everybody else. We think that social media has to be this perfect version of ourselves mm-hmm. but actually if you show your, your vulnerability yes that's when people gravitate it's when people then go oh my god i'm the same as her mm-hmm. you know or i've been there or they're just interested to hear it rather than this perfect being you know and i follow a, a lot of yoga teachers online and i think oh why am i not like that i, I do that as well <laughs> but i'm glad we have these same feelings yeah. why has she got all the content and i don't have time to do that you know all of that type of stuff but your own journey is your own journey. I believe that as well. Yeah. And I totally believe what you're saying because this is the thing. It's like you look at people in your same industry and you're like, oh, Comparison. How are they there? How did they get there? I know. But at the end of the day, like, everybody's experiencing their own things and they're maybe going through their own shit. You don't know. You don't know. No. Some of them paint a very, very beautiful, perfect life, whereas... It's not like that all no, the time. No, there's always going to be loads of things going a on. A lot of pe- I've had a lot of amazing messages over the last couple of months since I've shared a video of my first eye step mm-hmm. from people who have been a follower of mine for years. I don't know them, mm-hmm. but I know they've followed me on social media. That have come to me in a private message saying, "I can't believe that I'm now finding this out about you." You know, I was really struggling in lockdown and I, one person actually messaged me saying, I actually muted you in lockdown because I was sick of looking at your perfect life. Oh, wow. Isn't that so powerful? Yeah. And I, I kind of thought, oh, how rude, you muted me. <laughs> and then when I read it again, I thought, that's awesome that you've come and said that to me. I don't know who you are, but I'm so glad you said it because she's then come out of her own hole and thought, oh, I'm going to have a little look at what other mm. people do and again and then realised... Oh my God, we were going through the same thing. I think that's a good way of looking at things. When somebody unfollows you or mutes you, like they're going through their own stuff. Yeah. And it's not, they, they maybe look at things in your life and you've got a lot of perfect life, but then, then like, it's nice for them to actually, and ballsy, ballsy to, to, ball, to come back that, to you. Yeah. I like ballsy yeah, there. I mean, like, and come back to you and going, by the way, I had yeah, to I unfollowed you. Aye. And you're like, oh, right, but, but I'm thing. back. Aye. You're like, oh, well, people are like boomerangs. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to come back. <laughs> what are some of the things that people, are, obviously we're not going to name names or anything, but what's some of the most powerful messages you've had from like your soulful Sundays and stuff like maybe people's experiences or their feelings? I've had the most, honestly, the most amazing things. A lot from guys. Right, okay. Um, I've had a few guys that have come to me saying I was really thinking of ending it mm-hmm. of ending it which is heartbreaking it's yeah. terrifying to get a message like that um i've had a lot of people who have secretly kind of been struggling with cancer mm-hmm. like actually come through all of their treatment in lockdown um that have come out the other side and just said it's made me realize how powerful i actually am mm-hmm. you know to come to soulful sunday and stand and and consciously dip yourself in freezing cold water yeah it's been amazing 
I think that's it's so true though. Like when we spoke about the ice bath, and when I was talking to you, and I was like, I get very paranoid taking my top off. It's because I look like a pin cushion because I had like my stone my back and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm always just like, because my mate always slags me. He's like, people are here going to think it's a stone back, or you've been stabbed, <laughs> right? Because and it does it looks like a stab wound as yeah. well, but. That was the thing when we were talking and I came out and it was this insane like I was it was cold. There's no doubt it was a fucking nice bath, it yeah. wouldn't be cold. But when I was when I was in there, I had this insane heat coming from where we used to have my stone bag on the side. And it was just in my lower bowl where I knew I've always been sliced open. And I was just and then I was speaking to you and it was just this it was warm. Yeah. That was warm. It teaches you how intelligent your body is. Mm-hmm. So your body has gone into that cold water and realised that that's the troubled spot. So that needs all of the blood. So it sends all of the blood into that area. That's what the heat is. Mm. It doesn't mean you, you. Sometimes you feel like you're going to explode. You're that warm in an ice bath. Mm-hmm. Very strange. For me, it's my neck and my shoulders. Yeah. So I have to get them right in. I get an intense heat, but see it as a natural heat pack. Mm-hmm. So it's sending the blood where it needs to go. You get that soothing. It's anti-inflammatory. People are, li- I mean, there was a lady on Sunday who couldn't do the yoga at Soulful Sunday. She came along, she brought a little chair. No. She sat down. She'll probably watch this and be like, it's me, because she doesn't <laughs> really care. She's like totally cool that she can't do it because she's in so much pain. Right. She drove with her friend and she said she didn't speak the whole way to us because she was just thinking, I'm in too much pain. Don't talk to me. See, when she comes out of the water, she doesn't stop talking. No. Because she's like, ah, that's move. amazing. Yeah, she's like, I'm, and I'm saying, listen, don't just calm down, don't move too much. Mm-hmm. You know, you've not moved for a week, and now all of a sudden you want to do cartwheels. Mm-hmm. That's incredible, because it's instant. Yeah, it's instant. I, I th- see, seeing everything you put everything in a circle. This is the thing I like about seeing you put everything in a circle. It shows, I think, in life that well, one being in your swimming costume straight away is yes. a thing for people right <laughs> but being in that whole circle and you're seeing everybody and their own struggles some people can go into it mm-hmm. and you might think how are they going to be like, they may go I've never done this before but they cope with it very well yep. some people might have done it week in week out but maybe one week do you not find it they just go this is horrendous yeah. today like I'm yep. really struggling and I think that's the amazing thing you look around that whole thing and everybody's Everybody's struggling yeah. and everybody's trying to get used to it and it's just like life. That's like, why it's good to see each other when we're doing it because if we go into ourselves, we think we're the problem and that's what I thought when I was having these panic attacks was mm-hmm. there's something wrong with me. I've really seen it as a major flaw. Mm-hmm. I thought this is it, now I'm broken. Yeah. When actually, if you can see that other people and I always say in the circle, give that person across from you a little smile. Mm-hmm. And everyone goes, like this awkward, <laughs> oh, help, help me, smile. <laughs> um, but it's great because then it, we're all the same. Yes. We're all just exactly the same. Everybody's struggling with their own things. Some of us say it and some of us don't. That's it. And some people do just bottle up. Yeah. And like you're getting a lot of the men talking to you. This is, I mean, that's, it takes a lot for a guy to open up like that. See, if everybody, I know that this would be in an ideal world. Yeah. If everybody in the world would take the time in the morning to sort themselves out before they went out into the world, there would be no war. Mm-hmm. There would be none of this crazy stuff that's going on because actually everyone would go, Actually, there's no need for that, mm-hmm. you know. But because when the ego then takes over and we start to be what we think the world wants us to be, 
that's when the problems start to happen. This is like I was when I was driving over here. I was listening to like like a TED talks, mm-hmm. like all these type of things. And the one that was about how we self like we talk to ourselves, mm-hmm. so that these guys opening up to you or women opening up to you, yeah. and it's a lot. It's a lot. It's how they talk to themselves. Yeah. And it was there was a really good thing that the the presenter said, and he said, "Take a picture of yourself when you were like a two or three year old." And have it in front of you. Would you would you talk to yourself? Would you talk to that child or take your youngest child and have your youngest child in front of you and see everything you're running through in your head? Would you actually talk to that person like that? And it's actually quite emotional when you sit and think about it because, like any, everybody's been in dark places. Mm -hmm. They've been through the. But then when you think about everything you've said, would you actually say that to that child? No, you would never say that. You're saying to yourself, and you're a whatever age, 30, 40, yeah. 50 year old person, you're still a child. Do you I mean, you're still, you've still got that inner child in you. And you're just like, it's great. It's a great exercise to do actually, Aye. isn't it? And it's like, and I was just... That wee person, you would never speak to that wee person like that. You would never be, you know what I mean? And it's, that's the thing, it's getting these people to open up is so good, do you know what I mean? Yeah. See, that's really good, Natalie. I'm really chuffed to get this podcast, by the way. It's really exciting. It's amazing, amazing, amazing work to do. Honestly, I'm so grateful and I don't know where it's going to go it might not last forever but right now it's just good vibes that's all it is and I think if you're on that vibration with a lot of people it kind of becomes untouchable I think so I think you're always surrounded I always do believe the five people you're around all the time is who you're going to be surrounded by you're feeding off their energy all the time and that's the thing and it's like that's why I think your soulful Sundays is great because people are going there to one help themselves and look after themselves, which I think is amazing straight away. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But uh, what you're doing and that even at the end of it when you all sit and you talk and you sing and stuff like that, it's great, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. and some people's thing it's not some yeah. people's thing it's the matter. On you know Sunday I mean? there I heard a few people saying, Oh, my name's Gillian, nice to meet you, introducing each other and I thought, you know, I'm not even prompting that. That's people actually coming and because they've shared that experience of the vulnerability mm-hmm. coming out the other side, they, they are all hugging each other, even though they don't know mm-hmm. they're, they're red raw. Aye. Oh, you're in half, by the way. <laughs> and they're just like, I can't believe I did that. So it actually builds huge self esteem. You know, talking about the swimsuit thing, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of messages, a lot of messages from women saying, What do I wear? Really? I really, yeah. That's one of my most frequently asked questions is, Can I wear one a wetsuit? And I'm like, No, because you won't get cold. Can I wear, like, can I come in fully clothed? And I'm like, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Because either way, you're getting cold and wet. Right. But what I found is, and there's, again, another few women that I don't want to name them that had started out like that, Mm -hmm. that wore literally polo neck, long sleeve trousers into the water that are now in swimsuits, and they don't care. Oh, wow. I know. I never expected that. That was not something that when we started to do this, I thought this is going to be so empowering for people mm-hmm. that they're going to start to love themselves. But that's what's happening. Oh, there you go. Soulful Sunday swimsuits. <laughs> yes. By the way, <laughs> um, I'm just saying there, seeing you bring out the shorts, I would like a free pair of shorts. I've just given you that idea there. I like an electric orange with a soulful Sunday. I'm going with it. I think this would be good. So we'll go on to, well, let's move on to our next bit then. So Natalie, we're now on to this next bit. The wee last bit of the podcast that I like doing, we've had a deep and meaningful conversation, which was lovely. Um, so... I liked it. It's called Fairy Unfiltered. Okay. So I usually ask people, I know you don't really drink coffee now, but you do, you say you liked it, but you don't drink it as much. I adore coffee, but it just makes me insane. Oh. 
makes mm. me lose my mind. It's just jittery and I don't, I can't have it. You can't have it at all now? No. Well, what hot beverage would I get you then if I have to meet a hot beverage? Oh, a coconut chai latte, please. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's so yogi, it is unbelievable. I know. Right, but do you know what? You're a yoga teacher, so I t- totally expect that. This is the big question, though. Okay. And I really hope this amazing podcast doesn't get ruined by me asking the next one, right? I'd like to ask all my guests what type of pizza they would have. If we to order a pizza and get a pizza in, what would you have in your pizza? Indusia. Hmm? Indusia. Is that how you call it? Indusia? Indusia. It's an Italian sausage. Oh, right. Oh, right. Okay. You know that- I think you're hitting me on another yogi thing. No. <laughs> I'm like, what yoga crap are you putting it as? <laughs> it's probably not how you pronounce it, but every time. Right, okay. So like an Italian sausage on your pizza. Yeah. Normal base? Oh, no, thin, crusty. Right, okay. Right, over jamming here. Yeah. You're fine. You can stay then. <laughs> yes. I had I had my friend on the other week and he hit me with a ham and pineapple. I was ready to hit him with the pizza. Wow. I know, it was quite disappointing. Mm. 30 years of friendship <laughs> ruined. Right, so there we go. So we've got our hot beverage and we now have our pizza. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to invite some people. Now they can be from the past or the present. Okay. Now I know I've obviously said this to you before, so like, who would you have as your guests Coming to your dinner party. This is a really tricky question. I think it's really tricky, but I'm always intrigued to see who people invite. I'm kind of annoyed because I'm going to probably think about this for the rest of my life. Oh, I'm going to change my mind. <laughs> you'll listen back to the podcast and you'll be like, oh, I'll be like no, no, I wouldn't. So my first guest would be Prince. Oh, right. Okay. Because he's a genius. He is. Genius of a man and I just love him and we could have a good party. I would definitely invite my granny. Good guest. They would maybe get on. I never really thought about that. I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would get on. I'm sure they'd be fine. Um, My grand died last year, and all the way through lockdown, my idea was, and I'm so annoyed that I didn't do it. I wanted to go and set up a camera Uh and ask her about her life. She had 15 children. Wow. I know. But she was actually pregnant for 20 consecutive years. She obviously lost a few babies here and there. What an amazing story. Wow. And I never did it because I was second guessing myself. I thought, what if if people in the family think I shouldn't have done it or I shouldn't have bothered her or what if I give her COVID or whatever? Mm. So I would would love to be able to do that. Um, I would like to invite Muhammad Ali in his prime. Right, young okay. man, boxer, I love boxing and I, lis- I just loved his I energy. I loved his confidence. So amazing. Um, Maya Angelou, who is, um, I don't even know what you would call her, I guess a writer from okay. back in the day. I'm going to send you some of her stuff. She's got yeah. this creamy, creamy voice. Right. And she has this amazing story where she was, um, she was abused as a child right. and she actually went mute from the age of seven to five. She didn't talk for five years, not a single word. Mm. But what she did was she went to her library and she read every single book. Oh, wow. So she's so educated and she does. She wrote this poem called Still I Rise about that experience. So it was, I'm not going to try and say it, but she says, and still like dust, I rise amazing amazing woman you're gonna love oh her. definitely same as um my fifth one bob marley oh are we going for him 100 percent, bob marley i think this would be quite an interesting <laughs> party 
But I mean, I your gran could handle fifteen wings. She could handle them. <laughs> she would have them all in line, <laughs> ready to go. You're singing that song. <laughs> no, it's, what an amazing guest. Ah, uh, yeah, the freedom fighter Bob Marley. His early stuff, I just I'm absolutely obsessed with. I, I think he's really cool. My friend went out to Jamaica, and he can go out to his uh, his grave. Done it. Do you know you need to leave like? Do you know need to leave like a joint? Out beside him, yeah. Uh, he says that he was delighted <laughs> with it. I've never been to Jamaica. Oh, it's amazing Aye. place. It's one of my favourite. The reason for it is because you can. There's always a nice herbal smell all yeah. around you, all the time. All the time doesn't matter where you are. <laughs> <laughs> and there's always Bob Marley playing somewhere in the distance. If you listen, you will always hear some reggae music. I do like a bit of reggae. Yeah, I've got Bob Marley in my Spotify as well. Amazing. I've got Prince and the Jerk Chicken. Oh, your chicken and the, the red prop. stripe. Oh, red stripe! Red stripe reminds me of just a night out in Glasgow. Yeah. It does totally, <laughs> totally same. So these are amazing guests. There was another wee bit. Obviously, I was going to ask you as well, and I don't ask all my guests this, but what I was going to say is obviously you've talked about this author here. Um, is there any books you would recommend to anybody listening that you've maybe passed the or maybe something you maybe just picked up yesterday? I don't mm. know. Maybe you're a quick reader, but is there something that some books that you would maybe recommend to some people? Sure. Um, everything that I read is pretty much self-development. Yeah. I think I've only read one other book in my life that's called Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, do you know what? I've, I've heard of that. It, but it was made into a movie with Julia Roberts, and it's a great book. It's a novel. Mm-hmm. It's about a woman who goes to um, India, Thailand, but she also goes to Italy and eats loads of pasta, and I can totally resonate with that. Mm. I feel like it's written about me. Right, okay. So that's a nice novel. Um, my favourite books, I would say a book that I discovered in lockdown, which again was another game changer called Untamed. Right. It's more for women. Okay. Um, by Glennon Doyle. And she basically tells, it's like a memoir. It's like her adversity. She goes through addiction. She breaks up her marriage and she basically starts her life again in her 40s. That's a really good book. Wow. Um, another book that I would definitely recommend to everybody in the world is The Power of Intention. Dr. Wayne Dyer. <gasps> Love Wayne Dyer. Sometimes I say Dwayne Wire, so it's definitely Do, not that. It's yes, Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer. Power of Intention is an amazing book because it gives you tasks to do. Oh, see, so, I like that. Yeah. I like him. His voice is dead good as well. Amazing. So the audio was great, but then I bought the book so I could highlight and then answer the questions. I like that as well. I do. I've got the wee tabs that I put in bits that I, 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 I see. Because it's great to then reference back. And sometimes if I do feel as if I'm going back down the way, mm-hmm. I can open up a book like that. And the things that I've highlighted, I'm like, but you forget. Oh. doesn't matter how many books you read. You're never going to remember all of these no. amazing sections. Um, another ultimate favourite, you've maybe heard this before, is The Untethered Soul. I have been told about this. Yeah. I've not read it though. Most people that you ask that do what I do, I guess, would mm-hmm. say The Untethered Soul. That's a classic, absolutely amazing book that's to help you to grow and kind of reflect back on yourself. Mm. Great books. These are some great recommendations. I am loving this. I'll attach all the recommendations yeah. on the podcast as well so people can get them. Awesome. But Natalie, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so honoured that this is your first podcast. <laughs> Me too. But what a beautiful moment we've shared together. So thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for your support. I appreciate mm. it. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. Mm.